1: I know what love is I love you You
2: Complete me I may mean, have never been kissed on Notting Hill But I found the podcast to get the film
1: Maybe I'm clueless, but this is as good as it gets Paige, Mikey, and Todd in the best of my best friend's wedding rom coms true love, and heavy petting We'd Be crying on the couch, but we're not forgetting The most of these flicks are trash We relive it again, all romance in the podcast You want it
0: You got it You want it Cause baby As you
3: wish. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at Hello. I'm Paige Wesley.
1: I'm Mikey Randolph. And
3: I'm Todd Schlosser. And this
1: week, Paige made us watch...
3: Tristan Tristan and Azul. I had like a
1: brain fart. I was like, what is this movie that we are watching?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We watched an old uh, Britannia legend movie. Yeah. I
1: watched the trailer before I watched the movie because I rented it on Amazon. Yeah. And I was like the trailer got me hyped. I mean, I was I was in it to win it. I was like, "Man." And then uh, what's that band that was in the trailer? You guys know. The who is the girl the girl rocks person that screams a lot and then bring me to life. She sings bring me to life or whatever. Evanescence. That was the song on the trailer.
3: That's because the, this movie came out in 2006. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you so liked so it, Mikey? Funny.
1: Yeah, I liked the fighting and stuff. It was uh <laughs> I I feel like for like a romantic movie This is way more like masculine Than like Romeo and Juliet And stuff like that There's a
3: lot of battles in in this Yes, I agree with you I feel the same way about Knight's Tale Yeah, Knight's Tale is a little more fun than this is
2: I really like a Knight's Tale We're going to do a Knight's Tale at some point Because I love that movie But I love oh, I this love Like when too. I realized that this was like a, a, a Scott production Like a Ridley Scott, Tony Scott production yeah. I was like Oh, is oh, that what he- it was? Yeah I was like, oh, hell yeah The Scots are really good at Not the Scots, the people, I mean like the Scots that made the movie, <laughs> uh, they are really good at like historical epics, and so yeah. when I realized the story was like historical, and it was the Scots that were doing it, I was like, yeah, w- this is going to be awesome, I can't wait, <laughs> and I honestly love this movie, I cried Probably the last 30 minutes, completely
3: just solid sobs, but it was great. Mikey, stop making that face. (laughs) I didn't really cry this time, but only because I've seen this movie so many times. Sure,
2: yeah. This was the first time I had seen it. Like, so
3: many times. I
1: did not cry because I just... I don't know. I didn't feel... I didn't really feel it from... Uh, what's his face? Franco. James Franco. Mr. Mister Franco, his teary-eyed dreaminess did not do it for me the whole time. I sold it better.
3: That's true. That's because he hated this movie, hated working on this movie, hates this movie to this day, won't stop talking about how much he hates this movie. <laughs> That's so crazy. This is a great movie. I think he's good. I, it. I, it's an okay movie. I'll, I'll say it's okay. I like it too. I but... really liked it. So, uh, should I talk about why... Well, I I picked this movie for fun, but like my weird, like how I saw this movie the first time.
1: Is this one of your favorite romantic movies?
3: No, this is the first time I ever saw Henry Cavill. Oh. oh. Yeah. There you, there you go. So my history with this movie actually starts with a different romantic movie. I, I We've talked about it a lot. Grew up in a, a Christian family, going to church, going to youth group, etc. Yeah. At the height of... Purity culture within the church Like
2: where father daughter dances Were not considered super weird
3: That kind of happened after my time And it is weird No it is (laughs) yeah People got real strange with it. Yeah. I came of age during the True Love Waits concert era where they'd be like, you want to see Reliant K? Sign this pledge. Like that's, (laughs) that's the era. (laughs)
0: That's
3: that's the era I grew up in. Yeah. And rom-coms or romantic movies at the time were a little sterile as well. And we've covered a bunch of them on the show, but there's a lot of like, we're going to kiss and then fast forward, it's the next morning. And if there's one thing that girl youth group, small groups love to do is just watch romantic movies together and think about the day when they'll be married someday. Uh, And in 2004, (laughs) so two years before this movie came out, a movie came out that changed all of that. And that movie is The Notebook. Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember The Notebook, but they stone cold, Fuck in yeah. the notebook, and a bunch of female youth
2: groups watch that movie every day for a year. <laughs> yes,
3: we did because there, there's that scene in the rain where they're like ripping each other's clothes off, yeah. and he's like throwing her against the wall. It was nuts, and I cannot tell you how many times I sat through the notebook with a group of other girls and the problem is in the midst like that amazing sex scenes are in the middle of a very sad boring movie um and so what happened is i went to a slumber party uh my okay, senior yeah. year of high school i was paid, 18 paid,
2: say time. it slow tell, tell me it a, slow. tell me everything slow it's down.
1: not it's not a mm-hmm.
3: sexy story and Wait, how old pro- you guys? i was 18 18 oh, she okay. said 18 nice all right uh, yeah all right. yeah well
1: how many girls were there? <laughs> wow.
3: Like wow. 15. Yes. Um, oh. But this is not a sexy story. Uh, I was one of the oldest because I, I'm I am old for my grade.
2: I'm out. Mikey, if she's one of the oldest, that means most of them are underage. I'm out.
1: Yeah, you know who's in? James Franco. <laughs>
3: and, and Matthew Gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now, some of the people I went to high school with listen to the show. So, Michelle, I don't remember if you were at the slumber party, but if you were and you remember me making Ariel cry at Vanessa's house, let me know. I am not the hero of this story,
2: so. Hey, Mikey, are you at all surprised to learn that Paige made another girl cry at a sleepover? Cause that seems no. on brand for me. I feel like, I feel like. Uh...
3: And here, here's what's terrible. It's exactly for the reason you think I would make somebody <laughs> cry. I have, I have not changed in the slightest as an adult.
1: I'm, I'm kind of like Paige. It's like, um, I made some girl cry in English class today. I just took it too far. I yep. feel terrible.
3: So it it wasn't me taking it too far It definitely was me being overly critical of a film Now (laughs) what happened was we're watching The Notebook I have now seen The Notebook at this point Because it's like a year and a half after it came out So fucking much Yeah So much We're past the point of the sex scene But we're watching all the way to the end of the movie Which by the way If you're watching The Notebook now And you've already seen the ending once Turn it off after the sex scenes are over Why are you still watching it? I don't understand.
1: No the uh, the murder suicide at the end is <laughs> the best part of the movie. Well,
3: see that's that's the problem is because I was like, are we really watching this to the end? This movie fucking sucks. Like I'm and I'm complaining aloud to a group of girls, and one girl I didn't realize uh, was in the very front and was sobbing and i at first i was like has she not seen this like we've i feel like she and i've watched this movie together before like like, (laughs) why is she still crying uh and she turned around and just goes my grandparents have alzheimer's and i'm just like oh and then the party just turns and everyone at the party is just like page is an evil bitch just like how dare she Which, by the way, I didn't know. And also, karma's a bitch because, like, eight months later, my grandparents had Alzheimer's. That's what happens to grandparents.
2: So what I've learned is don't make fun of Alzheimer's.
1: (laughs) What I did learn about The Notebook is, like, when you want your grandparents to, like, get back oriented, you just talk about that time they stone cold fucked in the rain.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I wrote you every day for a year. It's not over. It's never been over. The Notebook. Anyway.
2: I like that you felt the need to, like, say where it was from just in case you didn't know. We've been talking about The Notebook in our Tristan and his old episode I for know. 15
1: minutes already. We are, we are not going to do The Notebook yet because that is, like, our apex episode. I know. We, That's episode 100 for sure.
0: <laughs>
3: I do. I, I promise there's a point to this. I am going somewhere with it. So I ruined that part. <laughs> and people, it, like, literally the movie ends a bunch of people go off into a bedroom to, like, console her while she cries. Yeah, and, like, do. two or three people yeah. stay with me and they're like, you really shouldn't have been that mean because of her grandparents. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know about that? Anyway, I feel bad. Uh, so... I, back at school, like the next week or whatever, go up to her and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to upset you. I didn't know. I I shouldn't have been that harsh. Can I make it up to you? Let's all go out to a movie.
2: And what I thought was really mean is that you waited two minutes, came back up to her and said the exact same thing again.
1: (laughs) Oh no, no, oh no. (laughs) Oh. Oh my God. Oh, Paige, you are
3: cold-blooded.
1: You want to go see moment this movie, Memento,
3: that just came out? <laughs> the, so this is happening in 2006. And uh, in 2006, James Franco was kind of a big deal because he had just done the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So I was like, hey, let's get a group of people together. We'll all go see a movie. There's this new James Franco movie out. It'll be fun movie girl times because I had no idea what Tristan and his old was about and that it was going to be equally sad (laughs) as the notebook so by the time the day comes when we're all gonna go to the movie and I had offered to drive because I was 18 and had a car and a job and whatever it's down to like just me and this girl (laughs) like everyone else is like boned out I think maybe one other person went with us but I'm like whatever so we go to see Tristan and his old we're watching the movie and within like a couple minutes I'm like yeah James Franco's cool or whatever but like who's his brunette friend It's like, who's that though? Don't care about James Frank. And from that point on, I'm just like watching Henry Cavill in the movie, not really paying attention to the rest of the movie. I'm like laser focused. So then spoiler alert, his character dies in this movie. And I was just like, Oh shit. And then I like look down the aisle at the girl who's with me, who is again just sobbing and turns to see me not sobbing, looking at her like I'm sort of some sort of sociopath who doesn't feel things.
1: Le- you're like, let me taste your tears.
3: And basically I just had to drive her back home in silence Because I was the one who could drive But this is pre-IMDB So I had like Other than sitting through the credits or whatever I didn't know who he was I couldn't like find his name or anything Till six months later when I'm in college At the sorority house One of my sorority sisters Who was a senior and a film major also Was working for Tony Scott at the time
2: Oh my god Yes
3: And so we're sitting in the sorority house and James Franco comes up because he was still very popular at the time. And I'm like, unpopular opinion. Did anyone see Tristan and his old six months ago? Fuck James Franco. Who's his brunette friend? And she was like, his name is Henry Cavill. He was in the office the other day. We're trying to cast him in a thing. And I was just like, what? Oh, my God. She has the information I need Uh, because this was pre-Tutors. And so they were like trying to cast him in stuff because Tutors was coming out. And that's how I learned who Henry Cavill was and made a girl cry twice. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Nice. It's a shame Henry Cavill's career never took off after this movie.
3: (laughs) Well, there was a point where he tried to get cast in like a bunch of different stuff and he was always like the very next in line. Yeah. So Variety actually at one point wrote an article about like. He's the guy that everyone should know but doesn't because he's never been in anything. Wow, and then he okay. immediately got Superman like right after that because he yeah, he was almost James Bond twice. And then he was almost like three or four other things that either fell through or went to other people. And now he's in everything. But he's a
1: good actor.
3: He's an okay actor.
2: <laughs> I think he's good. Like, I don't know. I mean, you're right. I do forgive a lot because of, he's got broad shoulders and a pretty face. But, like, yeah. he could do whatever he wants, and I'm on board because that dude's great. But, hey, do you guys maybe want to talk about Tristan and Azul and like as a movie <laughs> instead of just, like, who the hot people in it are?
1: <laughs> Who's as old I was like down
2: uh, That's Sophia something or other She's been in a
1: bunch
3: Sophia of stuff Sophia Miles Yeah Yeah she's been in a bunch of stuff Okay I think she's really good in this
1: if This is all her fault For lying about her name And I just want to throw that out there At the <laughs> beginning
3: <laughs> watching this now as an adult i'm like if one fucking person had just told the truth this would not be a thing yeah but i mean you have to understand why
2: she didn't tell the truth and that's because it could have gotten them both killed while she was nursing him back to health
1: sure like, I get yeah it. but like she should have told him when he was getting on the boat like my name is yes. old don't yes. forget me blah, uh, blah. And I'm i'm sorry i didn't tell you for real but i love you bye yeah. or
3: when they got back from the tournament they could have just been like hey dude
1: we fucked
3: well he could have also told people what happened to him cause that's the other thing he's just like I'm back from the dead and doesn't tell anybody and it's like if any of you had stopped to be like this is what happened like a couple weeks ago this movie wouldn't happen
1: okay wait wait let's talk about that because that is like if we straight up buried Todd at a funeral
3: the that is- <laughs>
1: and then we recorded like two weeks later. They're like, talking like. With
3: life. the truck is our new co host yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You just hear various kinds of honks in
2: agreement, disagreement, or like right. laughs. Uh-huh. Uh, uh. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Todd just
3: logs in on
1: Zoom Like three weeks later He's like I'm back from the dead What happened to you? None of your business Yeah That's what happened to me At
3: that point I'm like Todd is either a zombie Or a Terminator And we should run
1: The most unbelievable part About this movie Is that they didn't burn him At the stake immediately
3: (laughs) (laughs) For being a witch
2: Yes (laughs) I don't think I don't think they were Christian yet I I don't think that that was Weren't they still pagan At this time? Actually it's after the Romans pulled out They may very well have been Christian It doesn't matter It doesn't matter what religion you are If you're dead and you come back whatever culture is probably going to murder you <laughs> <Torch> it. <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean and they tried to torch him on that boat that doesn't burn him alive which doesn't make any sense to me
3: my my thinking was that it's too like it's not a long enough trip on the water for it to fully burn no
2: we see him on the water and the, the moss or whatever had burnt out and he was just floating in a boat and i was like the boat is made of
1: wood. Wood burns. This is ridiculous. It could have rained or something. It rains a lot. Maybe it's, that's it ridiculous. Could, okay. It could have right. rained. Right. Or
3: it's it's also on the water. So, like, high probability that it's not going to fully burn it just because it's on water. Yeah. Well, and my thinking is it's too short of a trip so that he, before it has a chance to fully catch on fire and burn him, he hits the sandbar of the other shore and it tips.
1: Is that how close they were?
3: Yeah, dude. It's just England and Ireland, man. They're not that far apart. And multiple times in this movie, we see people row by hand, and it only takes them a day or so.
2: The narrowest part of the Strait between these areas on either side is about 13 miles. So apparently there's like a Strait or like a channel, whatever you call that in in nautical terms, that they're only like 11 miles apart or 13 miles apart. So that actually sort of makes sense because you could row. I mean, that would take a while especially through like the waves of the ocean but like you could do that in a day for sure you wouldn't want to but you could
3: you wouldn't want to but you could because we see multiple people do that in this movie just like back and forth
2: absolutely so maybe we should just get into this movie and talk about it as we run through it let's
3: do it so (laughs) we open on title cards that give us kind of some backstory as to when this is taking place and it's basically britain in the dark ages after the roman empire And that it's kind of divided among feuding tribes. Uh, But to the west, Ireland has kind of flourished and built up a kingdom because they were untouched by the Romans because of the sea separating them from the other island. And their king is kind of ruthless and wanting to take over what will become England. And because he wants to exert will over them, he doesn't want them to unite because if they did they'd be able to overpower him
2: yeah and they do sort of make a point to point out that ireland is unified they have one king right and that england or what will become england is a bunch of like different tribes or uh, you might call them petty kingdoms they're like very small
3: nation states yeah Yeah, like sort of nation states.
2: states that eventually
1: come together to form england in this movie yeah I mean, and there's only like 20 people in cornwall so i can't imagine there's only about 100 people in england at this point (laughs)
3: <laughs> I mean, there, there's way more than that, even what we see in this movie. But I, I feel you, sure. When they yeah.
1: zoom out on, like, the, it's the rebuilt Cornwall with the stone, I was like, that's... Still, like, real shitty.
2: Honestly, <laughs> okay,
1: so no joke. Yesterday, I went to the Ren Fair. I actually ran into Kate.
2: Yeah. She's one of the mods in the Horror Virgin community. She was at the Ren Fair yesterday. Uh, so, the
1: head mod. Yeah. She don't you, like, show re- some respect?
3: Put put some respect on her name.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kate. Please forgive
2: me. So I, I ran into her at the Ren Fair. We watched literally watched Jousting together, and then I come back and I watch this movie, and I was like, these are two wildly different, quote-unquote, medieval time periods. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, this this isn't medieval. This is before that. This is the yeah. Dark Ages. This is
2: pre-evil.
3: <laughs> so we see some really gorgeous uh, landscapes. I will say this movie is shot beautifully. It is, for, yeah. For what it is, there's some beautiful landscapes. There's some beautiful costumes. Money and thought was put into this movie that turns out only Okay. But we see young Tristan hunting a bunny with his dad.
2: Which this actor who plays young Tristan has appeared on the podcast before in Love Actually. It's Liam Neeson's quote unquote son in Love Actually.
3: Well, and Rufus Sewell as well, although I would say he's much more likable in this film. Much more likable, yeah. He's also in Night's Tale. (laughs)
2: Yes, well, he's a bad guy in Night's Tale.
3: He is, this is probably my favorite role he's ever done because this movie does something really unique in that we are dealing with a case of infidelity except the person being cheated on is really nice. Yeah. Like they really drive it home of like, he's not a bad guy. We're not going to vilify him to make this feel okay. You should feel bad about this.
1: Yeah. And you do. I appreciated it.
3: So we cut to Tristan and his father, go back to the main keep in uh, Aragon is their kingdom. Yeah. It's Castle Tantalon is, is what their castle's called. And on their way to the castle, his dad basically tells him in the market, if you go home without something for your lady, you'll have hell to pay. And so he goes and gets flowers and makes a little flower bracelet for his mom, and that's going to come back later. But right. so... As they get back to the keep, we find out that the other tribes have arrived. So they're basically coming to a meeting of all the different tribes of England to try and unify. They allow Tristan to kind of sit with them in the great hall and cook his rabbit and kind of listen to the meeting that they're having. And this is where we find out that if they were a united England, they would outnumber the Irish two to one. And easily defeat them. Yeah. They basically present a treaty. And the treaty would have Lord Mark. A.K.A. Rufus Sewell. Rule over everybody. Because he has kind of the largest kingdom it seems.
1: And and he's like cool. He's pretty cool. He's very cool.
3: He's pretty cool. Yeah. And there is a. How do I want to put. Not everyone agrees. uh, Specifically Lord Wictred. Played by Mark Strong. Who this is one of the only times he's been a bad guy. This and Sunshine. Other than that. You know, he's always awesome in films for the most part.
2: I love him in the Kingsman.
3: I do too. I love Kingsman. And spoiler
2: alert, when he doesn't make it through the end of one film, I was very sad oh, about that.
3: I was so sad.
2: When he starts singing Country Road.
3: Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my
2: god, it's but he's he's a great actor. He's he's great.
3: And he's honestly yeah, yeah. great in
2: this. He's a great bad guy.
3: He's got terrible wig in this, but other than that, he's
2: great. <laughs> That's true. He's a very bald man, yeah. but he uh, he does a great job in this movie.
3: He he is he's a good villain, and he I think has very realistic villain motivations in that he wants to rule, but he is unpopular, and no one likes him, and so the only way he can get ahead is kind of by trickery and dissension. Yeah, and that seemed very realistic to me. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. So as they're having this meeting, we find out that the Irish are there. They have entered the chat, and they're going to burn everything down.
2: Yeah, like in Gilly—well, what would be, like, Gilly suits of the day? Like, they're in brush <laughs> suits, and they're, like, yeah. sneaking onto—I almost said campus. They're sneaking onto the castle, like, to murder everybody, more or less. Because, I mean, it's not the Kingdom of England yet, but you have all, like, all of the leadership of England, even though they're broken into factions, in one yeah. place. That would be the ideal place to attack.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it would be as if, like, you had the president, vice president, secretary cabinet, of state, yeah. the whole cabinet in one place and you bombed it. Like, that's basically what, what they're doing.
2: Or it would be like you had every state governor in D.C., but we had no federal government. We were just a bunch of states and all the governors oh, yeah, were in yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah, location yeah. to like to build a government, right? That's right, sort of right, what they're right. doing there, but it's before they actually are able to make a government. Right. Largely because Wixred set them up.
3: Yes, absolutely. And we'll find out later that he continues to work with Ireland the whole time. Yes. But Wicktrud gave it away. Wicktrud is the reason this attack happens. And we basically see in that little great hall where uh, Tristan's dad is desperately try- trying to protect women and children. But Tristan wants to fight because he's young and scrappy and his dad
1: and also his personality trait is aggression
3: yeah that is his only personality (laughs) trait is me like fighting me boy with sword so his dad goes to put him in a trap door and as he's checking on him and closing it he turns and is stabbed he
2: legit Um, gets his dad slashed in the face to death yep and
3: his dad's dead body falls on top of the trap door and bleeds through it so he like feels the blood on his hands Is really sad yeah
1: and his dad's last words were
3: it was your fault it was (laughs) so he climbs out a few minutes later the room is on fire his mother is also dead still wearing the bracelet he made her yeah lord mark is still alive just in time to see one of the irish run to try and kill tristan he puts his hand out and he loses that hand but tristan survives and he manages to kill that irish guy But what he sees as he does is that his own pregnant wife. Yeah. Lord Mark's pregnant wife. Yeah. Now also dead.
1: Yeah.
2: I did think it was like crazy that he pushed him just at the right time when the blade came down and cut off his left hand
1: right hand
3: all i know is because he he's got like a stump for a while and then later in the movie he has what looks very similar to like chubbs's hand in yes! Happy yes it
1: but it's iron yeah but it's
3: iron and he like takes it off and sets it on tables and stuff yeah. and you're just like chubbs they took your hand
1: <laughs> but it shows that lord mark is a like he did not want a child to be murdered and like Put himself in harm's way to save him. So you're like, you're rooting for Lord Mark from the go. He is a good guy. The whole movie, he's a good guy.
3: The whole movie, he's a good guy. Uh, So meanwhile, over in Ireland, at the castle, they're having a funeral for the Irish queen. Isolde is her daughter, the princess. And she's following her mother's funeral procession as they load her body onto the funeral pyre. And her nurse, who will be with her for the rest of the movie, essentially, as her her handler uh, comforts her. But as they're at the funeral, the army returns and her dad, the king, leaves the funeral to meet with his soldiers to be like, what's up with the treaty? And they're like, oh, we killed those fools. And he's like, good, and tears the treaty up.
2: Yeah, not only did they kill them, they took the paper that they were going to sign as a treaty. (laughs) And then the Irish king tore it up. I was like, that's like a power move. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. kill them all and then take the piece of paper and bring <laughs> it to me. Like that's I I thought that was both insane and awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah. Isolde puts her mother's ashes in like a little like a I guess a gravestone Is I guess What you would call it
2: It looked more like An altar to me Because she wasn't Buried there Yeah But yeah I mean It more or less It's just a place That she can go to Honor her mom Which I thought Was super sweet right. And we see her As she ages And she uh, and Sophia takes she over goes She goes back there She's yeah. like leaning Against it sitting there I thought that was Really sweet you know mm-hmm. But it serves the same Purpose as like a Gravestone would In like a traditional yeah. Cemetery it's a place we can go Honor that person And you know Connect to that person You know it's great
3: Yeah uh, and she asks Why she had to die and her nurse is like she got sick it was a fever sorry
1: (laughs) because we're like in the dark ages and like you could stub your toe and die at any time (laughs)
3: like she was full of evil blood uh so (laughs) yeah her
1: humors were out of balance
3: she does say it was an ill vapor that took her yeah so
1: like a like a bad pod
3: (laughs) no like a bad fart and you're just like that vapor is deadly and then silent
1: but
2: Deadly. That's where it comes from. That's where silent but deadly comes from. Yeah. 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 Did you hear that? No. Uh. Uh,
3: (laughs) And then Isolde is like, no, it was her heart because this is Isolde, even as a child, being like, dad's an asshole.
2: Yeah. I hope that doesn't make me have daddy issues later on.
3: (laughs) Oh, it definitely will. Uh, So meanwhile, back in Cornwall in, in England, tristan and lord mark go home to lord mark's castle and they return to find out that on their way back to ireland the irish raided their village basically the irish raided everyone's village while they were at the meeting yeah and kill everybody at the meeting
2: i bet they didn't raid victor's
3: probably not yeah probably uh, not mm-hmm. but they return to find that the irish have raided their village and lord mark's sister is still alive But her husband is dead yeah, and they've essentially killed off all of the young men in the village. And she says that the executions lasted a whole day and they basically killed an entire generation of men, leaving only children alive, essentially. So they take Tristan in because. Who is
2: one of those kids, Paige? Who's one of the kids they leave alive?
3: They leave what will become Henry Cavill alive, but it's Lord Mark's nephew. Yeah,
2: his sister's son. Yeah,
3: who is the same age as Tristan. So basically his sister's like, well, I already got one. How much harder is two? And so they kind of toss Tristan in with the rest of the kids that have survived and they try to teach the kids to fight. So they basically raise a generation of soldiers. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They're like, time for your education. Uh, We need murder death camp now, so you need to do really well in murder death camp.
3: That, like, is the education
2: you needed at that time. That would probably be like going to school on some level. Yeah. For a well-to-do child who was going to be leading battles. Yeah. That's, like, why they taught chess. That's, like, why all of that stuff was important back then. Makes sense. Yeah.
3: And Tristan is not necessarily fitting in immediately, and Mello is making fun of him a lot. Mello's kind of an asshole as a child, so is kind of a dick to Tristan at first. Yeah, he's not very mellow. He's not very ah, mellow. Ah.
2: <laughs> I, I liked it.
3: <laughs> he makes fun of Tristan because Tristan doesn't want to fight. He's kind of scared and sheepish, which understandably he's been through a lot of trauma. Yeah. I
2: don't think he's scared or sheepish. I think he's just like, I don't know. A lot of people around me have died. I don't really want to like yeah. continue that cycle or whatever. Maybe not. But like,
1: I, I feel like trauma informed uh, education policies didn't come into effect for like four more years or whatever <laughs> I,
3: th- I think the other thing to remember is Mello is dealing with trauma too he yeah. just watched his father and likely older brothers get yeah. assassinated basically get murdered so he also is dealing with some shit and i think it's kids acting out because they've seen a lot of death
2: yeah
1: but they're acting out in different ways like i get that they're tra- also training to kill people so you know yeah. very triggering yeah
3: Right, and so he pushes Tristan and calls him a coward, and then Tristan pulls a Mikey and beats up, like, four kids. <laughs> He's
1: like, no, Mello, you're yellow.
3: Oh. Hell
2: yeah. But all this is really showing is that Tristan is an amazing fighter, even at a young age. But, like, doesn't want to and is sort of, like, he wants to focus on other pursuits, I guess.
3: Right. We cut to nine years later where baby Tristan is now James Franco. Yeah. And his two friends, Mello and uh, Simon, who I think we lose in, like, the next five minutes. Yeah,
2: we lose him in the first battle against the Irish soldiers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mello and Simon come running up and they're like, you're going to love this. We found a trapdoor, And this is the first place where we see... Grimy teenage Henry Cavill I think he's like 19 or something In this movie And Chef's kiss Oh
2: yeah Like oh. And if you compare this To like uh, Count of Monte Cristo To this Yeah He's around the same age Right
3: Count of Monte Cristo Is a couple years Before this And it's one of his First movies ever Yeah but if you
2: look at him You're like This dude could be dreamy And then in this You're like Oh he's well on his way To dreamy And then like If you look at him In The Witcher You're like Oh good lord What
3: I mean, that's why when Witcher came out and people were just like, "Oh my God, dirty long-haired battle!" Henry Cavill is the best Henry Cavill. I'm like, I've been knowing about grimy Henry Cavill for years. Yeah, like
2: since T and I, baby.
3: Since T and I. <laughs> My personal favorite of Cavill for a while was Tudor season two. Oh, yeah. Where he's got kind of the closer beard. He's got curly hair, and which is like his natural curl. And he hadn't gotten crazy in shape yet. So he's got like a rugby body. Oof. Oof, my goof. And then my next like close second is Mission Impossible Henry Cavill. Oh, I mean, yeah. Right? And, yeah. So hot young Henry Cavill, decent James Franco, and other dude that's going to die soon. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> an underground tunnel <laughs> that basically takes them from the forest outside the castle to the base of the castle keep.
2: Yeah, it's like old Roman ruins. They talk about it as they're going down through it.
1: It's crazy yeah. to me that the Roman Empire was so like impressive and huge this far beyond the rest like like the dark ages is such a crazy time. It is a crazy time. Of like the Romans had like colonized everything and put technology there and built all these castles and then like they just like, you know, they collapse and all these people are like we're in the stone ages again. Yeah, it is very much like that.
3: We're in the Stone Ages but we got all these old buildings that right. so there's like a lot of castles have like Roman foundations and there's a Roman bridge that we talk about yeah. a lot in this movie and another set of ruins near the castle. So, like, there's a lot of it around. Yeah, that other,
2: the one that they meet up at later is more like a villa, not like a castle, but, like, it's like a house, right?
3: Yeah, but Tristan asks, who else knows about this tunnel? And they're like, nobody. And he's like, good. Perfect. Keep it that way. It's our secret tunnel, boys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I never show the boys my secret tunnel.
3: That's why you're not popular. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Ireland, where they find out that Cornwall has rebuilt, and this time they've rebuilt the castle in stone. <laughs> and they,
1: They're pulling a real, like, Three little pigs kind of thing on Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, they are.
3: They are. And Ireland at this point is like, okay, next time we go over there for their tribute to us as king, we want slaves.
1: We're going to puff.
3: And we're going to blow young Henry Cavill. Uh, (laughs) 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 So they're going to take another generation of young people, basically. Yes, as
2: as slaves.
3: As slaves. And prevents them from building up their army and having more kids. Because these are like, prime fighting and childbearing age people so meanwhile Isolde is at her mother's grave and her nurse comes to meet her and is like hey it's dark in an hour and this is where we kind of find out that Isolde is a little um a little like little mermaid where she's just like I want to be where the people are I want to be somewhere that's not Ireland and she wants to go (laughs) I
2: want to be where the English are I want to be Banging Franco Absolutely
3: And her nurse is kind of like No everything over there is dark And bad and evil And she's just like yeah probably not though It's probably it's probably just other people.
1: Um, Oh, okay. Do you guys think James Franco looks like Meeker the Muppet throughout this film with his haircut? (laughs) I didn't until um, you said that, and then absolutely yes.
3: Now I can't unsee it. (laughs) I'm sure that probably is his hair, and it's how everyone's hair looks right now coming out of quarantine. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) like all of our friends have that haircut. uh, But it looks like a bad wig. It does. And I don't think it was. I think it was just styled weird because it looks like his hair has no real part. It's just all coming from a central point at the top of his head into a weird curly bowl.
2: Yeah. It looks like a chia pet. Yeah. yeah.
3: Everyone else's hair looks pretty boss in this movie. Like, Sophia Miles' hair is gorgeous. It it's is. It's just that long curl. There's a lot of, like, cool braids and all kinds of stuff. And- He's next to Henry Cavill a lot, who has what I would call like pre-Witcher hair. Oh, yeah. Like the Witcher, the Witcher before he went gray. And it's also this kind of like sweaty, dirty, like you look at him and you're like, that's the guy. Or at least I was. Maybe this is just me. No, no, I got it. It's fine.
1: James Franco's character never wore a helmet in the movie because his hair, he just couldn't fit it on (laughs) It was
3: totally fine, yeah. Yeah. So, back in Ireland, we find out that Isolde is going to be betrothed to her dad's top general, who is creepy creeps. Yeah, he's not a handsome
2: guy, he's just a big, powerful man who has a... Interesting looking sword. What's wrong with that?
0: <laughs>
2: I didn't say a big sword, mind you. It's interesting looking, Mikey.
1: Power- you said powerful.
3: This man is built like a Duplo toy. Like...
1: Vince, what's wrong with that? <laughs> he is not a soft 10, Mikey. He's like a hard four.
3: He's a square that somehow has arms. No, I, like, I like this
1: conversation. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that.
3: Okay, but
2: <laughs> Mikey, no one is attacking you and you don't look anything like this guy. I have
1: the body type of a rectangle.
3: <laughs> this guy looks like if you took juggernaut from the X-Men movies of this time. Yeah. And instead of having like a helmet and stuff on, it was just human, that's this dude. Yes. Yeah. He has no neck. Oh, what is wrong with that? <laughs> You don't, I,
1: anyway I, I, I like this guy because he's like he's like hey your dad has promised you and also like
4: i
2: poisoned my sword
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means uh ladies the, and I, was like, I was like that's his big line with her
2: i mean this is like 400 ad i don't really think flirting was something that was like people were good at yet like they uh, had- <laughs> asked ask tristan he hadn't read <laughs> i hope they serve meat in hell So he didn't know how
3: a girl. I would say I'd say he's not flirting at this point. I have always interpreted this as him threatening her. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But I mean, in all fairness, Paige, and this is not a good take, she's property in this time. And yes, her dad has just said Uh, Not yet, but I will shortly be giving my daughter to you. And it's it seems like an ownership transaction, which is not uncommon for this time period. And it's horrible. But like he's treating her like she is soon to be his property.
3: Well, and and I think that's part of why it's pretty smart the way they handle Lord Mark in this movie, who also receives her as property like that is still a thing. But the way he treats her is so much different. Yeah,
1: he's like a genuine good dude. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like really nice to my couch. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, uh, I'm afraid you're going to split that sectional in half. Oh my
1: God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know too much about your life. Yeah. You no know, neck having poison sword motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you want
2: to see my poison sword, ladies?
3: Ladies?
2: You want to see just the tip of the sword? <laughs> Honestly the tip of his sword Is like very strange It's like curved backwards Yeah Lady. Some people like that
0: <laughs>
2: Your boxer briefs are too tight If you're doing If that's happening That's what that's what causes that
3: Anyway So she's not digging it He's like I'm going off to battle But when I come back I'm going to wreck that. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, okay,
2: so the creepiest part was when they're talking about, like, the poison he poisons his sword with, and she's like, oh, I know the cure for that. And he goes, do you know the cure for this? And it's like the medieval equivalent <laughs> of, like, Viagra. Cialis
1: or Viagra or something. He's like, it <laughs> makes your hard on harder. And she's like, it's, oh. it's,
3: it, makes, it makes a hard man harder, and the only cure is wild abandon. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he, oh, like, he
2: like no. back of the hand strokes her face. Like, back of the hand
1: stroke face, It's never a good move. It's always creepy. I am going to use Wild Abandoned as a pickup line very soon. And that's a guarantee,
2: ladies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You want to go out Thursday night? We're going to go out Wildly Abandoned. God dang it.
2: Mikey, I think you and I should start a discotheque called Wild Abandoned. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> but with wild w y l d i was thinking bill and ted wild abandoned. abandoned yeah yeah i like it mikey i think the pickup line that you should use is like ain't hey girl if you play your cards right i'll let you see my neck <laughs> <laughs> step back for the dick neck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so The Irish arrive in England, specifically in Cornwall, to try and pillage the village. And they start taking teenagers. And they get one, and basically they send to find Tristan. And he gets there just as they're hanging that teenager. Yeah. And... They can't stop it. It's too late. And they basically are like, whoever else tries to stop us, we're killing you too. We don't care.
2: When they zoom out from that scene, there's a pig hanging right next to it. I was like, did that pig try and stop it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like- Really? The only one that tried to stop him was a pig? You guys are heartless.
3: Hey, that pig knocked up the farmer's dog. <laughs> I think they hung that kid in the butcher oh, area. Oh,
2: that's what Natalie explained to me. Yes, absolutely. They hung it in the butcher area. Yeah.
3: I, didn't, I do think it's funnier to be like, that pig was charged with murder. <laughs> <laughs> they fried him at the stake.
1: And then, like, rotated him slowly (laughs) over it? Some pig. Uh,
3: (laughs) We cut to Lord Mark and Tristan are arguing about what they're going to have to do because they've now taken a cart of teenagers away. Yeah. And they're on the road back to their ship. It's actually
2: a few carts. It's like two or three carts.
3: Yeah, we, we see the one main one yeah. when they go to free them. But yeah, they've they've basically loaded up all the teens. Yeah. It was
1: basically like if you go to the movies, it's like the amount of teens talking while you're at the movie <laughs> <you>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, Mikey, when you watched this movie, you were like, man, I wish I could put teens in carts.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> anyway. So Lord Mark is like, figure out how to do this in a way that doesn't kill us because they are outnumbered. We are outnumbered, basically.
2: Because they're still like in their tribes, right? They haven't unified right. under England
1: yet,
3: right? So Tristan is like, okay, I need the two fastest runners, which is Mello and Simon, right? and they basically run up on them, shoot at them and then run away cuz their their whole job is to try and draw the irish away from the carts and everything. So they take off running, they run through a clearing and then as they do, the rest of the army pops out of that clearing and ambushes the small amount of scouts that they've sent. Uh, so then they put their clothes on and ride back to the cart.
2: Right, and they're like hiding that it's not the people who right. were chasing after um, Mello and Simon, right? So it looks right. like it's just the, the search party or the scouts that went after them, but when they get right. there, I, this was insane to me. I did not understand this at all, but people had been hiding around them In the woods, they popped
3: up. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea how that happened. So they had
2: been there for like an hour, an hour and 30 minutes, at least just like hanging out under dirt, waiting for uh, Mello to get back, Mello and Tristan and Simon to get back on the horses. Right. That's insane.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. So a fight ensues. Simon is kind of shooting for cover as Tristan kills people. But Simon gets killed Okay
2: I really like Simon's character a lot Even though he's not in it very long Because he's one of the three friends, right? And you Mm -hmm. very clearly see him decide. He's got two arrows. He can shoot it to stop. And it's, I don't know, the general for the Irish side. I forget his name. Right, right. He's like stabbing kids on the cart, right?
3: He's trying to stab them through the cart. So Simon's
2: trying to stop him. He has two arrows left and there are two guys running at him.
1: And he decides to, no, he said, he said, I want you to stab them in the heart on the cart. (laughs)
2: Uh. So Simon has a choice of Killing the two guys running at him or trying To stop the uh, iris general from killing The kids in the cart and he chooses to Shoot him although he doesn't kill him but he shoots him in the arm And I think in the leg Mm -hmm. and then He dies like he gets stabbed by the two guys Running after him I thought it was like a really Selfless sort of oh that's awesome good for you That's really sad though
3: yeah yeah Uh, And in the meantime Tristan Ends up after seeing What happens he jumps and stabs The guy that's trying to stab the kids in the cart. But in the process, he gets sliced with the poison sword. He does finally stab the guy and steal his sword and then kill him with his own sword. Yeah. But by the time he does that, Simon is dying on the floor of the forest. And then Tristan collapses. He can't feel his arms or his legs. Yeah. They realize the poison, the sword has been poisoned. And so they're going to have to ki- basically build two boats. They're, yeah. they're both dead.
1: I mean, he's slowly dying and they're complaining about building two boats instead of one. It was like (laughs) real... (laughs) <laughs> like, real uncouth, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Can you at
2: least wait till I'm dead to, like, argue <laughs> over who's going to make the boat?
3: Well, and this is where Mello basically says he'll have a king's service, because he would have been a king had his kingdom not been destroyed as a child. Yes. So they float the boats out into the sea. They send him carrying the sword that killed him, and then archers on the cliff shoot fire arrows into the boat as they float out to sea, kind of aka viking funeral but not not really a viking funeral it's the stereotypic viking funeral yeah
2: it's like the viking funeral you'd see in like video games or movies but yeah
3: right right not not the real one Um, i mean i'm sure people did that but it it's not specifically viking right meanwhile back on the shore after they've sent the boats Mello is now in charge and he makes that one general kneel and he's basically like Hey, when your people came to my village when I was a kid, you spared a dozen out of a hundred, and I am even less kind. You and three.
2: Yeah, so your leader and three others.
3: Yep, and the rest of you, dead.
2: Yep, they literally hacked into pieces on the beach.
3: Yep, cut to he gets back to the castle, and he has to break the word to Lord Mark about Tristan and Simon. And Lord Mark is devastated, because Tristan was like a son to him, essentially. Yeah. We cut to back in Ireland. Isolde wakes up and she's trying to run away because she does not want to marry Morehold, the creepy guy with no neck. And as they're running along the beach, her and her nurse, they find a boat. She runs over to the boat and it turns out that it is Tristan's boat with his body still inside it and he still has a pulse. So they drag him up the shore to her. She has like a little medicine shack. Thing on the shore
2: it's like built into the like where the beach meets like
3: yeah it's like a little it's a little cave of, of like witchy business yeah <laughs> but she takes him into the cave they're trying to get a fire going but it's not fast enough so she and her nurse take off all their clothes to keep him warm
2: yeah and it's yeah. probably not James Franco's first
3: threesome at this point <laughs> <laughs> I mean as an actor probably not
2: I did like that the nurse was like I haven't been naked with a man in like 15 years
3: Yeah. So James Franco wakes up in a cold sweat and they tell him like, hey, you're in Ireland, but you are safe. Nobody knows. Just sleep. And he wakes up again as she and the nurse come back and he's starting to kind of wake up and remember things. And they're starting to put medicine on his wound. And this is just in my notes. I don't know why this is making me laugh so hard last night. It's not funny, but I did put it in my notes a bunch. (laughs) it looks like she's making pesto. (laughs) She's just like grinding up leaves. And then like every time she goes to rub paste and stuff on him, it kind of looks like pesto. (laughs) So in my mind, I kept laughing about like, what if it was pesto? (laughs) What if she's just like, Sleep, my little garlicky baby. <laughs> <laughs> Soon
2: you will be ready for the stew. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: You're the biggest knot of all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: the naughty. Oh.
3: oh. Nailed it. So they get him more clothes and they basically tell him that the ocean's outside if you want to take a bath.
1: Which is like, uh, the beach is outside.
3: Yeah, I don't know if you want to jump into salt water with your open wound, but yeah, go ahead and try that one. But also
2: you smell real bad because this is like 420 A.D. Nice, nice blaze And it. you smell like ball sack and sweat.
3: Yeah, ball sack and more ball sack.
1: <laughs> and pesto.
3: <laughs> you smell like we've been rubbing pesto all over you for days.
1: Delicious. Well, look, guys, <laughs> don't make fun of people who rub pesto over their balls.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mikey's been marinating, lately. <laughs> That's a spicy meatball. That's a spicy pesto ball sack. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a me, a pesto balls. A here to here to take you out.
3: I mean, most <laughs> pesto recipes require nuts, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't ignore
2: the nuts, ladies, in your pesto recipes. That's what I mean. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, a yeah.
2: pistachio. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, wow. Guys, thousands of people listen to this.
3: (laughs) That's their problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Isolde goes back to the castle with her nurse. And her father comes to check on her, and he's just like, where you been? And she's just like, a convent. And he's like, you won't need it because you're going to get married. And she's like, oh, yeah, where is that guy? And he's like, overdue, but he'll be back soon. And then leaves her. It's like the weirdest conversation. I do love that Paige
2: just reenacted the scene like it was a 1990s like fight between a father and a daughter. <laughs> oh yeah well where is he he's supposed to be back yeah he is overdue but uh he'll be back and then you're his property
3: yeah yeah you'll be back and then he's got a poison sword with your name on it. so she sneaks back out to the beach to the shack on the seashore oh and this is
2: when she sees him bathing in the ocean
3: Yeah, and she doesn't tell him her real name, but they start to kind of, like, get to know each other and have, like, a friendship and hang out and stuff.
2: I mean, this is where they start to fall in love. You could say it.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Her nurse clearly sees what's up and what's going to happen, and so she's just like, you should leave, though. Like, as soon as you can leave, you should leave. And it's the nurse
2: who's like, don't tell him your real name, because that could be bad for you later on. And she's right. I feel like she's right at that point.
3: yeah. So, as he's kind of telling her about himself, she put, sorry, I don't know why it's so stupid. And she spreads pesto on his chest, is what my notes she say. She spreads the pesto on the chest, though. More uh. pesto. She's just like finger painting his abs with pesto. Yeah. And <laughs> I do
2: think it's cute that the more and more she falls in love with them, the lower and lower she gets.
3: Yeah, she like pestos all the way down that happy trail. I was like, he didn't get sliced there, hon. <laughs> I mean, he's cut, but he didn't get sliced. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the next day she comes back and he's making her a seashell bracelet, kind of like the flower bracelet he made his mom. And they have a real kind of deep conversation of like duty over a life well lived. Yeah. yeah. Duty over love. Yeah. And this is where she basically reveals is she, or I, I her nurse more reveals it, that she is betrothed. And so yeah. that's what she's talking about trying to escape. And she kind of is like, I, you know, we can't, this can't be because that guy's going to come back and kill you. And she tells him like, you should leave soon. And Takes him back to the shack. She goes to leave. He follows her outside. They kiss and then they get down back in that shack. Yeah.
1: The love
2: shack. He was like, You need to back that shack up.
3: (laughs) You will find Irish lady. Won't you back back that that shack shack up? up? (laughs) So that night she sneaks home and hugs her nurse. Like, that's not a total giveaway for what happens. (laughs) She just, like, walks in all dreamy, like, hello, hugs. It's like, you just got banged out, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, somebody finds the remains of Tristan's boat on the beach, including the sword. And the same day, the last few men that Melo let live return. Yeah. And they have to race out to Tristan to try and get him out to sea before the king finds him. Because now... They're looking to find out who killed their best men.
2: Yeah. And they know that that has to have been an English boat because none of them came back on real boats.
3: Right. Yeah. And they get Tristan out to sea. He asks Isolde to come with him and she's like, I can't but I want to know that you make it, so please just go.
2: I really thought what she said was sweet. I don't know it verbatim, but it was something like, I want to live in a world where I know that you think about me often. Yes. And I can't have that world if you're dead. Right. We've all
1: had that talk.
2: (laughs) I thought your talks were like, this was fun, but my dog has an early work meeting. (laughs) (laughs) So
3: he climbs in the boat and rows towards England. Meanwhile, she goes back to the castle Her father's like, hey, uh, there might be an English guy on the shore. Keep an eye out because he killed your betrothed. And she's just like, oh, no.
2: I do love that she doesn't care at all. Like, it's pretty clear she doesn't care. And then her dad's like, wow, she's really sad about this. And then the other guy's yeah. like, yeah, she seemed very sad. I was like, no, she didn't. She seemed sort of happy about it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, like, stunned. And I'm like, you could call it that. I would call it smiling. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, you know,
2: grief, it comes out in, like, different ways for different people. Like, some people just don't yeah, show yeah. it publicly. I'm sure she's going back to cry for weeks. She's super sad weeks. about.
3: So yeah. many weeks. Yeah. All the next she could have seen. <laughs> um, I do like we get a shot of Tristan making his way across the ocean. And at one point he's now fashioned a sail and it's almost like a speedboat. Yeah. Where I'm like, clearly they put a motor. Like they built a boat that looked old timey and put a motor in it because he's moving way too fast. <laughs> like an old timey speedboat. Meanwhile... The Irish decide that they're going to play a trick on everyone else where they're like, we're going to try and get them all to fight with each other and we can do it by having them fight for Isolde's hand and this one little parcel of land that we don't care about. So we're going to invite everybody to a tournament. Whoever gets this land gets her hand in marriage. So they deliver the message about the tournament. Lord Mark sees it and is like, this is ridiculous. And Mello is the one who's like, Well people will see through it But as they're talking about it Tristan comes back
1: Yeah He's like I have been resurrected (laughs) Bow before me peasants Yeah
3: (laughs) You know what I've been to hell and back And you can't say I didn't
2: (laughs) Honestly I would have taken the time It took me to row across the channel And then steal a horse from somebody Because he's on a horse for some reason Right And then I would have taken that time To come up with like The most badass like Underworld type story
1: (laughs) Like I was fighting
2: Hades And I killed him and then I came back from the dead But like
1: even the truth is not He's like I was almost dead In Ireland and I dicked down A really hot (laughs) Irish girl Who brought me back to hell And I sailed back
3: What up boys (laughs) Spring break I, I do not know Why he doesn't just tell everyone The truth
2: Because they wouldn't have believed him They'd have been like, whatever. You fought Haiti. Shut up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, here's the thing. I I think they would have. Like, I feel like it's, like, it's an implausible story, but it's not an impossible story. And he could have leveraged it with like, hey, I know what the Irish coast is now. Yeah. Like, so I can help. Biblically. But he doesn't tell anybody biblically. <laughs> um, but so the town is all freaking out because Tristan's back. Back in the castle, Mello is like let me fight in this tournament for you. And essentially Lord Mark is like, no, I can't lose you also. Yeah. And as they walk outside, they see that Tristan's back and they say, and Melo says, I saw you dead. And he just says, I am delivered, which you're just like, (laughs) that's not a story.
2: Well, what you didn't see is Melo just said, I am DiGiorno (laughs) or Desjardins or whatever.
3: (laughs) I'm the Witcher. Yes, you are. Yeah, You are. So uh, he doesn't tell anybody what happened, but they have a feast to celebrate him coming back. And as they're all like partying it up, this is where he kind of finds out about the tournament that's going to happen. Yeah. And he sees Mello like sidled up with a girl and it like makes him sad. And he like sulks off to think about his old, but then comes back to the castle to basically talk Lord Mark into battling in the tournament. Yeah. And his ulterior motive is to go to Ireland to see if he can find her. Mm -hmm. Right. The way he
2: sells it is, why don't you send me, I'll be your champion, I'll fight for you. And then if England unites behind you and like the the ones that stay loyal, they can all split the land and you keep the daughter, you know, you
1: keep the the prize or whatever, you know. He even goes beyond that. He's like, maybe this will solve another problem, which is like your broken heart. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because as as we know from earlier in the movie, so nine years in the past, his pregnant wife is killed in that first siege. And so he does say, let me bring you back a wife. Yeah. Like, let me bring somebody back for you, which I think a part of that is there is probably a very limited selection in Cornwall of people his age eligible who
2: that aren't directly related to him probably aren't
3: directly related yeah. to him or taken in some way and so like that makes sense to me and
2: also if you're like a prospective king you do want to remain available for prospective alliances at that time period right, right so this right. would be like the best alliance you could get so right you know there's no reason not to accept that betrothment or whatever you would call that
3: Betrothal yeah Yeah. Uh, so everyone Sails over to Ireland they do get Safe passage the tournament is Rigged it's very Rigged everyone's prepping uh, But Wicktrick has Clearly rigged the tournament So that he's not having to have hard Battles people are losing to him on purpose Which seems insane to me
2: if you're Going to skate through a tournament but you know You're going to have to fight someone who didn't in The last round you're definitely going to lose
3: The one thing that he does have going for Him because he and Tristan fights his way to the top yes but that means that Tristan's been fighting all day he's probably injured that is true tired. you're right
2: that's a good point I didn't think about he's, that
3: he's injured and tired and Wickdrick isn't because he hasn't really had to fight all day yeah there's
2: one guy he just kicked in the nuts and he was like oh my pestos and he fe-
3: <laughs> he fell down.
2: my pine
3: nuts uh, but... <laughs> so it gets down to Wickdrick versus Tristan everyone else is out
1: she notices it's Tristan is old does
3: She does He doesn't see her Because she has a veil on Yes yes
1: Because she's like If I'm a present I guess I'll be wrapped And I was like
2: Yeah mm-hmm. But she thinks If Tristan wins She's gonna be his wife Which is what she wants
1: anyway So she's like super That's excited what she wants anyway Wait hold on I have, to, wait, I have to I have to unpack the scene Where uh, one of the king's men Comes to check on her And then like She shoots him a bunch of attitude And his face is like Lady This is my job <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I'm just delivering a <laughs> message You are not <laughs> mad at me Like it the camera stays on him for like 10 seconds. He's like.
2: <laughs> I wish you guys okay. could see Mikey's face because he's nailing it.
3: This movie gives the impression that most of Ireland is happy to be rid of her. Yes! <laughs> like, oh, that mouthy princess. We, she's the worst. Yes. Send her to England. <laughs> so he but Tristan hasn't seen her and he's looking around the crowd for her but he doesn't see her right so he and Wickdred start to fight and he's exhausted and hurt and Wickdred is pretty fresh but even so Wickdred gets his arm and his leg like he gets some small cuts in but he ends up taking one of Wickdred's swords and then pinning him with a dagger against his throat.
2: Yeah, Wictrud's actually on top of him, but he's holding a dagger against his throat. So Wictrud yields or whatever you call it, right? Yeah, yeah, he yields. Yeah. So Tristan wins and then Azold comes over and she's like, you want me? Yay. And he's like, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean this is his best acting in the movie because he's like, yeah. you know, he's like super adrenaline hyped and then like, you know, she like undoes the veil and he's like, oh, oh this is terrible news. No.
3: But here okay, here's my thing though. If they had landed back on the shores in Cornwall and just been like, horrible mix-up, here's what happened.
1: Yeah, okay, I think I know what you're going to say. If they would have just told Mark, I think Mark would have let them marry her.
3: Yes, me too! Because at the end, after they get caught and it like wrecks the whole country, he still lets them go. Yeah, he
2: wants them to have a life together just away from yes. them. But yeah, absolutely, Paige.
3: Yeah, so I I feel like... If he, if they had just told him this movie wouldn't have been a problem. She would have married Tristan. That like it would have been fine.
1: They could have been honest, been like, "Hey, remember when I went to Ireland and like a girl nurse picked to health and like we totally hooked up? Like this is the girl, and, and I'm in love with her." And he's like, "Oh my god, that's the girl!"
3: But he didn't tell anybody the story, and that's the problem.
2: But Paige, he knew no one would believe him. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, what'd you meet her at camp?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, is your
2: girlfriend in Canada?" <laughs>
1: She's from Niagara Falls Sure
2: <laughs> Sure Tristan I'm sure you totally Got laid at camp I don't know I bet Tristan Yeah Tristan yeah. Fucks
3: <laughs> I think they would have Believed him And it would have been fine I
2: mean I do think He would have had them marry And honestly The alliance still holds Because he's his second He's gonna right. inherit yeah. You know so At the end of the day As far as political alliances
1: go It's still good for the Irish I think Tristan was uh, Fucking against the Cornwall, The corn table the <laughs> <bed>. <laughs> uh, That joke was super corny, but I'm here for it. <laughs>
3: Tristan's father was also a chieftain. Yeah. Tristan has lands. Like, Tristan is also noble in his own right. See, I
2: assumed that Lord Mark just absorbed Tristan's yes. lands. And is like ruling his, but also ruling Tristan's as like a regent for Tristan, if that makes sense.
3: Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And in this, when he names tristan his second he's just like they don't say this but in my mind i was like they're just going to combine the kingdoms yeah and it's going to be tristan who takes over both
3: yes yeah yeah and that's the implication yeah so they should just married anyway
2: but guys don't share their feelings and exactly this is to- toxic masculinity yes exactly and and as they're sailing over like Azul even brings that up she's like we have to tell people like we cannot hide this and he's like no we have to hide this We have to do it for the good of the country or whatever. And I do think had when they landed, they'd be like, hey, Lord Mark, can we talk to you for like five minutes before you guys get married and you start to develop the feels? Like, (laughs) let's figure this out. And I think he would have been fine with it. He'd have been like, Tristan, you take this one. I'll get the next one. All right. Let's just find someone my own age that's like age appropriate for me. No, he needs an heir. Yeah.
3: Well, A, he needs an heir because he doesn't have one. Mello's the closest he has. Yeah. But also I don't know that there is a woman his age. We don't the only one who we see is his sister. We don't really see any other older women. And they're
2: not Lannisters, so that's not gonna work out.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and plus that tower is not tall enough to push children out.
2: <laughs> no, it is though.
1: <laughs> Every tower is tall enough <laughs> to push children
2: out of <laughs> All you have to do is believe, Paige Yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> So on the boat She wants to tell, he doesn't right. They land and they decide not to tell But as they land, as they're like getting ready Back in Cornwall As they're getting ready for them to land And to meet Isolde Lord Mark is like, well what if she doesn't like me Like it's it's a very He's very humanized in this movie And I feel like I like it. More movies should do that.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's great.
3: Uh, She gets out of the carriage, and she's gorgeous, obviously. He, instead of being creepy like her other betrothed, is literally just like, welcome, come inside. Like, I know we're your rival, but, like, you're welcome here. Please come inside. Yeah. Our kingdom is your kingdom, basically. We cut to, she preps her wedding dress, and as she's doing that, that's when he puts on the fake iron hand, like Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Which- I should say it's great that he has a fake hand. Good I'm glad they were able to figure something out for him so that he has some extra mobility. It just looks so much like the one from Happy Gilmore, it's hard to not notice.
2: I do think that that's very funny, although I think for practical reasons they did that. Like as far as like filmmaking practical reasons, it's easier right. to put a, an awkward glove on an actual hand right. and pretend it's a fake hand than it is to like wear a nub the whole movie, you know.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. So the wedding starts, so she has a procession along the kind of river near Cornwall. Dude, this
2: was so cool. I loved the procession. I thought it looked awesome.
3: It's beautiful, although... After watching the documentary around the making of this film, that was one of the toughest scenes to shoot because they were in the middle of what was called midge season. They're like a little like gnat kind of mosquito-y thing.
2: Oh, I know midges. Were they in Scotland? Yes. Yeah, I was about to say midges are no joke. (laughs) When we went there, it was a big problem.
3: They were being basically eaten alive because they're out on the water at night. And so they had to buy just cases of repellent. And just constantly spray them down. And it was like freezing cold or something like that. So they're like freezing, covered in repellent, and still being eaten alive by midges. So apparently this was like, Miserable to shoot, but it looks so cool. It
2: does. It looks amazing. I'm so glad they suffered through it because it looks awesome.
3: It looks amazing. They get married. Tristan watches uh and then kind of like runs off because he can't bear to think about it. He literally
2: goes to his bros house and he's like, Hey Mikey, can I stay with you for a while? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Always welcome. I like can I sleep on your sectional? <laughs> I've got a guest bed. Oh, hell yeah, Mikey. <laughs>
3: Before that happens, they're dancing after the wedding, and Lord Mark is basically like, we're going to call it a night. Like, we're going.
2: Oh, yeah. This is when she, like, gets right in his ear. Like, yes. Azul gets a in his ear, and she's like, don't make me do this. And he's like, we have to for the country or whatever. And she goes, "Yeah, all right, well, I'm going to think it's you. Bye.
3: <laughs> yeah, I- I'll pretend it's you. Yeah. Which is just like, oof. Yeah. And he rides off but he does he goes off into the woods first and literally sits underneath the tower he can see their window and then he goes to their friend's house we cut to that wedding night which is like so awkward because she is considered property it's not great you don't want her to be in this position 2020 vision you're just like "Eh."
2: i mean 2020 vision there is no consent here so it is rape yeah, I will say it is God I don't want to say this sentence It's better than what it would have been had she married That iris general it's still Bad
3: yeah
1: I think he could have been like Let's wait till you're ready and we Could have yes. moved this part over sure
3: Yeah um, I mean what we get Instead is his Speech of like hey I get that you're scared And I'm a stranger but I Don't want you to be afraid of me yeah. My goal is to make you happy And he also apologizes for Only having one hand and I'm just like it's one hand Like she She could deal Everyone in this city Is missing a limb Like don't worry about it <laughs> Yeah I mean absolutely it's fine But yeah It's it's not great We cut to the next morning though And they're kind of cuddly The next morning yeah. Out on the balcony And she's wearing her bracelet From Tristan Well he even
2: asked about it Yeah
3: Yeah And she's like Oh you know uh, What is she Who does she say made it She just said
2: It was a present She doesn't say who made it It was a present She doesn't say who
3: made it, it. Yeah. Who made it. Which is yeah. true Which mm-hmm. is true So, meanwhile, she basically... Kind of makes herself at home at the castle and Tristan is just never around. He yeah. sometimes sees them in the market and tries to avoid them. But now at this point, she and Lord Mark are actually getting along because he's not a bad yeah, dude. Yeah, he's a good guy. So like, and he treats her yeah. good for this time period. For this time period, he treats her fantastic. Yeah. Like that, that's the rough part where you're like, it's not great. She was still property, but like yeah. he's treating property better than almost anyone does yeah. at this time. and. They finally run into Tristan in the market, and she's like, I'll talk to him because he seems a little depressed.
2: I thought this was a little subtle dig, though, because she's like, it's the it's Lord Mark, his sister, and Azold there. Yeah. And they're like, I wonder what's wrong with Tristan. And she's like, well, maybe he just needs to talk to somebody his own age. Yeah, and then she, and then she over. goes over. I was like, Smooth. damn, she knows Smooth. she's way too young for him.
3: Yep, yep, yep. And she basically goes to talk to Tristan, and Tristan... I think it's pretty unfair what Tristan says to her oh, at this point where yeah. he's just like I thought you'd have a problem being queen and that you'd be conflicted but you don't seem too conflicted you seem like you're having a good time yeah. and she's like I'm trying not to get killed in these streets man Yeah
2: she's like I'm a stranger in a strange land and I have to play this role that you forced me to play
3: Yeah and also she also at one point tells him like he's a kind man like I, like I get that this is not what I wanted and This is not your, it's not you, but he's also not a bad guy. Like He's
1: not too handsy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's one handsy. (laughs) So she then tells him like, do you know that Roman bridge? I can get to it without being seen and I would go there anytime to be with you. And so we cut to... The castle where they're determining when the coronation is going to be. They're all going to sign the treaty under Lord Mark. And he names Tristan as his second instead of Mellow. Yeah. And Mellow does not take it well. No,
2: he's clearly upset about it.
3: Clearly upset about it. And Tristan also doesn't want the job because he doesn't want to have to be around. And so at this point, Lord Mark and Isolde kind of confront him of like, hey, you've been kind of depressed and not around recently. Maybe you should take a wife. <laughs> and he's like. Maybe
1: I should take your wife. Yep. He's like, also, I was dead like a month ago. Do you guys remember when I was dead? <laughs> that was recently. A lot has happened.
3: Yeah. It's overwhelming. I've been to Ireland uh, twice
2: in a month. <laughs>
3: it's too <yeah>. much. <laughs> uh, so many potatoes. But old <laughs> basically is like, hey, if you live without love, you'll die. And he's like, fine, then I won't. Which is basically almost like code for like, I'll meet you at that bridge. Yeah, meet me at the bridge that night the warriors ride out for the full moon and Lord Mark is like I'll miss you tonight basically like I'm not coming home I'm going out with the boys or whatever yeah we're
2: going clubbing in the woods
3: yeah gotta find all those pornos we hid in stumps
1: (laughs) oh no his arm (laughs) so Isolde goes to the
3: Roman bridge only her nurse sees she's the only one who knows yeah and Tristan rides out with the warriors and then breaks off from the pack as they ride and turns back and victory Notices but doesn't follow him. Right. So he meets her at the bridge and they go to those ruins, the Roman ruins, mm-hmm. and just ruin each other. Le, yes. Le,
1: uh, I think it's like La Pound Town. Yes. yes.
3: And meanwhile, as that's happening, while the warriors are riding, a wild boar throws Lord Mark from his horse and he just says, Nothing hurt but my pride. Yeah. And it's just kind of juxtaposed against what's happening. Yeah.
2: Because Tristan
1: does not get bucked off his horse. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, it like she pulls that move where like they want to ask you questions while you're inside them. Yeah. How many have you loved before me? Ugh. How many have you loved after me? And you're, you're like,
3: like, I can't do math right now. <laughs> Damn it! I was like, there was the corn wall, the corn bed. <laughs> <laughs> this exact thing is why when I was reading the second Fifty Shades book, I would routinely throw it against a wall because. In the book, and I don't, it's been so long since I saw that movie. I don't remember if she does it in the movie. But in the book, she's constantly, constantly, like in the like mid-sex being like, tell me about your childhood trauma. And I'm just like, bitch, no. Like,
2: that is not the time. It's
3: not the time. Anyway. We got
2: to do another one of those soon.
3: We do. We do.
2: I just want to hear Mikey giggle uncomfortably. oh my god the second
3: one is hysterically bad too i can't wait i i also i i caught part of the third one the other day and it was also pretty bad so like they go back to the castle and there's a feast and celebrating and Mello tries to talk to tristan about being named second and tristan is not listening to him and he hates it he's
2: just like locked in on azold and she's dancing with lord mark
3: Right. And he's like, listen to me while I'm talking
2: to you, Tristan.
3: Yep. Yeah. And Tristan takes his old scarf and leaves and ties her scarf on a door. She follows. She opens that door and they like bone zone, literally feet from where everyone else is. Just
2: downstairs. They are just, they're so close to where the party is going on. (laughs) And Lord
3: Mark is looking for her and just doesn't realize that they're hooking up like feet away. We cut to her in bed with him later that night and there is a shift from that first encounter we see is like non-consensual which is real rough but then as it goes that does kind of change because we do see her kissing back and stuff in this scene where it's like she it she doesn't hate him she doesn't
1: she's having her cake and eating it too. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, and we cut from that to her with Tristan in the Roman ruins, and she's basically like, We'll never have couple stuff. Like, we can't have like what if we had a baby and he's like, Would it be his or mine? And she's like, I'd have no way to know. There's no way I could know. But I mean,
2: if it had two hands, you'd know, right?
0: <laughs> 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 oh man.
1: It just it just comes out with like broccoli hair. <laughs> I think that one's Tristan. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this is the place where she says he's a kind man. I cannot hate him. Yeah. But this is also where she's like, we'll never get to like hold hands in the market or anything. Like we can never really be together, right? And so the next day in the market, he makes her a flower bracelet like he did for his mom. And grabs her hand to put it on. So he does hold her hand in the market.
2: But Wichtred sees it.
3: Wichtred sees it. So we cut to that night where Isolde has snuck out. But Lord Mark is looking for her. And they have to rush back into the castle. And she takes the trap door to get back up. And literally basically goes to get into bed. And she's like, oh, I was helping a, a... woman's child from the market and he's like I didn't ask you where you were like you know I trust you and this is where he asks her he's like is there anything I can do to make you happy which is very like he so badly wants her to be happy it's so sad he's like fully in love with her yeah well and she in this scene she's like I'm fine and kisses him on the forehead yeah so she's kind of still like playing it but
2: kisses him on the forehead she's not like I mean, that's like what you would do to your dad.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like probably the age of... Just about. Yeah. yeah. So it checks out. Yeah, it checks out. We cut to Ireland where Wictred is telling the king like, hey, your daughter is secretly sleeping with Tristan and so we could use this to our advantage. And so... They decide that they're going to try and take over the kingdom during the coronation. So we cut to Lord Marks talking to Tristan and he's found the little flower bracelet and he's like do you think that I might be blind and she's cheating on me and the reason I can't see it is because I love her and Tristan's like of course she's not cheating on you, She's like, what? No. What? Cheating? No. Oh, I don't think. No. It's
1: probably anything else.
3: Yes. <laughs> anything. So he throws the bracelet away. Yeah. I think he
2: like crushes it and throws it in the water, right? Because they're above the water at this point.
3: Yeah. And Tristan goes and burns the villa. Oh, yeah. Where they meet. Well, I think he feels bad
2: because he realizes that Lord Mark loves is old.
3: Yeah, yeah. And is taking care of her yeah. and being nice to you know, like he is treating her well and also loves her. And I feel like in this scene, Lord Mark is like, I didn't realize how unhappy I had been and this is making me very happy. And yeah. I think he doesn't want to ruin that. So meanwhile the Irish arrive for the coronation, they crown as old, but as that's happening the Irish kill the scouts and sneak ashore. So they like left a bunch of boats offshore and they're like don't worry, it's just a small party of people here. But then those boats come ashore during the coronation and the wedding and everything. Well, yeah,
2: because they send out the signal, which is like they light like a fire or something. I can't remember. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So Wickdred, at the reception, basically talks them into having Tristan dance with his old. And she's like, while they're dancing, she's talking, why did you burn it? And he's like, you know why I did it. Like, Like, this has to stop. And she just says, meet me there now or I'll die. And Wickdred decides that they can't accuse them. They need proof. And so he talks everyone into riding out for the full moon. And so as they're doing that, Tristan and his have snuck off and Wiktred takes them on a path that literally leads them right by Tristan and his old and they're discovered.
2: Yeah. And they're like talking about why they can't do it anymore. Why he burned the villa place, all that stuff. So like, right. I mean, they're sort of breaking, they're ending things, but it's too late because why else would they be there alone together at night? Like, there's no way to explain away what they were doing, even though they weren't, like, caught having sex. It's still very clear.
3: Right. Exactly. And her father rode out with the warriors. And so he does—and here's the thing. He already knows it was happening because Victor told him. Uh, But there's—he makes this big show of, like, oh, you're just passing my daughter around. And it's like, no, that's not at all what was happening. But that's what he's going to use as reason to attack and to split the alliance. Yeah. And they seize them because it's obviously a crime to, you know, sleep with the queen if you're not the king. Yeah. And as Mello rides past, he spits on him. And I just had a moment of like, oh, Henry Cavill spitting on me? <laughs> 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 Paige, no,
2: no, Paige, unless yeah. like you're into it and you're both consenting adults, then <laughs> Paige, have yes.
1: fun.
3: All I'm saying is like, hey, if he ever gets a chance to spit on me, use this podcast as consent. Uh, that's going to be fun.
1: <laughs> I
2: do feel like I might be using audio from this episode in a court battle <laughs> in the future
3: where he's like, I'm filing this restraining order. <laughs>
1: judge she said she wanted me to spit on her (laughs) yeah if you can refer to this clip where Paige is like henry cavill needs to spit in my mouth or i will kill him
3: (laughs) I I mean, in the mouth is a little intense anyway we could i'm just saying it's done as an insult here but i'm just like
2: here for it what you're saying is you're here for it
3: here for it though
2: you just want to catch some fluids from the cavilant.
3: Jesus, Todd! Yes, <laughs> mm,
1: I'll never wash this forehead again.
0: <laughs> oh man! Oh well,
2: we are disgusting people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, I mean, I don't think Mikey is. I think Mikey's the prude of the cast. Uh, I think (laughs) you and I are very much not. Absolutely. Hey,
3: y'all never been spit on? Come on. Come on.
2: Y'all never spit on somebody? Come on.
3: Y'all never spit in a sexual context? Get right. Come on. Uh,
2: Do it right. And Mikey in the back of his head is thinking, I don't like a quitter. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey's so embarrassed right now. I love it. Uh, Mikey's starting his shoot-off podcast called The Prude Cast.
0: Oh where blood? they talk about
2: missionary <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying
3: if you time it right, spitting can be great.
2: <laughs> Mikey's first episode, three to seven minutes in heaven.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's more like
1: purgatory. <laughs> well, for her, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah.
3: Uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: I love you, Mike. <laughs>
3: I, lo- I love y'all. <laughs> so the Irish are preparing to attack. Wictred is rallying all of the other, like, lords behind him. And Mello overhears it. And Wictred basically is like, you know who should have been in charge this whole time? And has
2: two thumbs? This guy.
3: Oh, or no, he does. He says Mello. He says Mello. And Mellow's like, I like this plan. And I'm just like... <laughs>
2: But I think it's because Wictrand always planned on killing Mello. Absolutely. It's gotta be, right?
3: Absolutely, yeah. yes. He is playing on Mello. He knows Mello feels dejected. Yes. He knows that he's jealous of Tristan. Well, yeah. he
1: doesn't know this, but I mean, like, he obviously knows that Mello is his nickname, but his real name is Mellodramatic.
3: <laughs> he he's playing on on that jealousy and dejectedness to be like i bet Mello had feelings about this so if we make him the leader he's just cocky enough to do it yeah and so meanwhile in the dungeon uh lord mark confronts tristan and tristan doesn't say anything about what happened he just takes it he's just like every insult you got come on in So Lord Mark then goes to Isolde's room and the nurse is like, I'm not going to let you harm her. And he just kind of moves the nurse out of the way because he has no intention of harming her, at least at this point that we know of. And he basically just comes in and says, how long? And this is where she reveals, since you thought he was dead, I found him on the beach, I nursed him back to life, I sent him back, then he came to the tournament, he didn't realize it was me, and then he won me for you and we didn't know what to do. We cut back to Mello and Wiktred, and he tells Wiktred about the tunnel that comes up under the castle. Yeah. And so they set off for the tunnel. Then guards from the palace take Tristan and Isolde out into the woods and they basically set them free.
2: Yeah, like literally give them a boat and say, get out of here. The Irish are already surrounding the castle. Just leave. We've got other stuff to do.
3: Yeah, and, and it's the will of the king. So the, yes. basically he heard her story and was like, I can't stand in the way of that, go. Which makes me think if they just told him in the first place. Yeah.
2: No, I completely agree with that. I I do think that he would have been cool with it and everything would have been fine. Yeah. But this is where Tristan is like, hey, if we stay together, our love will be the love that destroyed a kingdom, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So he like shoves her and her handmaid or whatever you call her. Yeah, he's
3: like, bye, Hope. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I
2: mean, shoves their boat. He doesn't shove them into the water like, get, you <laughs> get, get, get out of here. No, he puts them in the boat and then, He looks like he's going to jump in, but he shoves him at the last minute, and then they go down, because they don't have a paddle, so they just drift down the river until they hit land, I guess. Because we do see her later, so she comes back, but she misses the battle. Like He saves her life here.
3: Right. So the Irish start to invade, and they pull up the drawbridge of the keep, so the Irish are all kind of stopped at that point until the bridge can come down. But we cut to the tunnel where Mello's taking Wittred through and he hears people behind them and turns to realize that they've just let a whole slew of soldiers in through the bottom of the keep and Wittred stabs him.
1: Mellow draws his sword and tries to fight everybody. Well, so he
3: does.
2: Wittred yeah. brings his men. Like it's just Mellow and, and he Mellow thinks it's just the two of them. But as Mellow goes first in the tunnel, Wittred calls his guys over and they go in after right. him. And it's the moment that Mellow sees the other guys and he's like, Oh, you're double crossing me. Fuck. I'm about to die. So he tries to fight back, but it doesn't last very long. Cause it's like him and 20 dudes or like 12 dudes. It's, it's an unfair fight.
3: Yeah, in an enclosed space, too. So yeah. he fights off, like, one or two of them, but he gets mortally wounded yeah. pretty quickly. He's for the worms. Um, yep. Uh, They come up into the bottom of the keep, and they're trying to get the bridge down.
2: I love that they do, like, lock it with, like, the equivalent of what I use to lock up my gym clothes in elementary or in middle school. <laughs> they have, like, a padlock. I was like, I don't think that's... I don't think that's like 300 AD technology, but whatever.
1: <laughs> I'm just it just <laughs> says Master Lock, and they're like mixing up the, the numbers. We can't disobey
3: Master.
2: Ridley Scotch is like, no one will notice. It's fine.
3: And then we just see Wicked going up, and just like four. Two.
2: <laughs> no, that's it not his birthday?
3: it. What's his birthday?
0: Sorry. It's
3: the
2: Lord's birthday. <laughs> What's his
3: mother's maiden name's birthday?
2: <laughs> Just the name's birth the mother's maiden name's birthday? Name? Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> behind them,
3: Tristan takes the tunnel as well. Yeah. Everyone at the top of the keep then goes down to the bottom of the keep to fight to keep the gate locked, but they keep trying to break the chain. Meanwhile, in the tunnel, Tristan finds Mello, and Mello is dying. Yeah. And is basically like I led them here because I thought someone believed in me. Which is so sad that he's just
2: like... Mello's story is super sad. I mean, he doesn't make good decisions, but it's still very sad. I I felt very sad for him. Very melodramatic. Mm. But
3: he basically then asks Tristan, he's like, please build my boat, and then he just dies. At which point I was just like, well, what do we want to watch now? Um.
2: (laughs) You only have 10 minutes left of this movie and you're already like turning it (laughs) off to like go find the (sighs) next... (laughs) Mellow joint.
3: So meanwhile, an archer down in the bottom of the keep keeps picking mark and his men off as they try to get down into the bottom of the keep basically through the doorway he's getting each one of them yeah
2: they're just like hunkered down because they can't get past because the archer keeps shooting anyone who stands up right right and mark is like asking for a shield he's like bring me a shield bring me a shield and wictred's men are just like hacking away at that padlock yeah right that are that's like it's holding the drawbridge up so the guys the irish guys outside can't get in but like once tristan comes up and they're like tristan's there is he fighting with the irish he's like and Mark is like, no, he's fighting for us. And then Mark, like, gets him and runs down and literally yeah, takes just an takes arrow an arrow to the with arm. the arm. He's just like, I yeah. don't care. Give me an arrow. And he, like, gets shot. He knocks it off with his own sword. And then he's like, that's my bum arm anyway. What am I going to do? Yeah, poor right? people? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just start taking and start going to help Tristan. But Tristan and Wictred are, like, going at it, man.
3: Yeah. Well, and so Tristan just starts wrecking fools. Oh, yeah. And then Wictred stabs him. Yeah. As he, they get the gate going and Tristan basically stabs his sword in to stop the gate. Which is cool.
2: It is cool, yeah. Is but cool. he very much gives up any chance of survival by doing that because he right. can no longer yes. fight. He can only like just get stabbed and that's what happens.
3: Yeah, yeah. And which is what happened. Wick- Richard stabs him in the chest with a sword. He pulls it out of his own chest and stabs Richard back. It is
2: sort of badass.
3: It's pretty badass, but taking the projectile out of you will make you bleed out faster. So And he does. Yeah. Yeah, and he does. He knows he's dying. uh. But so he decides that like maybe they can win it on bravado. So he hacks Richard's head off. I love this. And walks down the drawbridge. They lower the drawbridge and he walks down Carrying Wictred's head.
2: He literally holds it up and is like the biggest Uno reverse card ever. They're like, <laughs> you can fight for that guy and die for this guy who's not even from our land for the rest of your lives. Or you can fight mm-hmm. for this guy who's actually a pretty decent dude. And he's just like, Uno reverse. And then they all start yeah. killing the Irish uh, king.
3: Yeah, they end up killing, killing the Irish king. The Irish retreats. It starts with an archer getting the Irish king in the back. Yes. it's is brutal. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, so they kill the shit out of that guy. Yeah. And Tristan collapses and he just says, take me out of here. Take me to the river. Yeah. So they take him to the river. And meanwhile, Isolde has made her way back to the castle. She finds uh, Lord Mark's, like, captain, like, his main general, who takes her to Tristan down at the river where Tristan is fully dying. And... Mark says goodbye and then has to go to battle and the other general says goodbye and then his old kneels beside him and he basically dies. Yeah, he does. And we get a cut back to her reading poetry to him back in her little sea shack. Uh, But then we cut back to present day where she's crying over his dead body Mm -hmm. and we get a title card that's like, you know, they did defeat the Irish and she buried him in the ruins and then disappeared.
2: Well, And then planted two oak trees that grew intertwined. I thought it was super sweet. Right. <laughs> oh, I thought the oak trees disappeared. No, she disappeared.
3: She disappeared.
2: Yeah. She didn't stay with Mark?
3: There's a Yeah, there was a part of me that's like, I mean, just stay with that guy. Yeah,
2: Mark's a good dude. And I do think Mark would have loved her and like.
1: He seemed understanding. I don't know. I think if you reread the title card, I think the oak trees disappear.
3: <laughs> they d- Not no, that I know of. No.
1: It, it clearly says they grew intertwined together. And then disappeared. Yeah.
3: No, and then she <laughs> disappeared.
1: <laughs> the phrasing is not clear. I'm just saying. I was like, oh, why did those trees disappear? Wow, Mikey, <laughs> you were focused on the wrong part of this, this movie.
3: <laughs> anyway... And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie.
1: You guys think they're still together?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I'm like you. I I am in favor of a disappearing tree narrative where she goes back to Lord Mark. Same. I just don't think that's what happened. Yeah.
2: Wait, when you say they, do you mean Lord Mark and old? or do you mean the trees or do you mean
3: Oh, oh, no, I I I, I think Lord Mark and Isolde is is what i said because tristan's clearly yeah
2: dead. he's done though i think the trees are still together i don't know about lord mark and his old and i know tristan's <laughs> dead so he's out right 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 oh man so what do you guys think having seen it having talked about it, what do you guys think about it? final thoughts hit me um
3: it's good it's okay i would i would put it as solidly okay and the reason that i've seen it so many times is purely the Cavil effect
1: yeah <laughs> the Cavil effect is great i like that a lot i dug it man <laughs> I, I i thought it was pretty good um I, don't, I hadn't seen it, so I, I really liked uh, watching it. It was, like, more action-oriented than I was used to, so I was, I was down for it.
2: Nice. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. I think it's great. I think everyone should watch it. I don't think it's as good as some other, Scott, like, historical... Mm-hmm. Epics like uh, The Kingdom of Heaven I thought was really great uh, At least the director's cut is really great yeah. But that's because Ridley Scott actually directed That one he didn't direct or write this one He d- He's just the executive right. producer on this one uh, And I think the director did a fine job I just think Ridley Scott he's so good at this Specifically that mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been A little bit better had he been directing but it's still good I think you should watch it but I mean yeah That's sort of how I feel about it it's super sad I was crying a lot at the end
3: Yeah I mean the, fir- the first few times I saw it I definitely ended up Eventually crying at the very Very end because I thought for sure I was like Either they're going to get away or they're both going to die Yeah and the idea that she Then has to live after I was just Like ooh well there's
2: a reading where she Doesn't live after too much afterwards She buries his body plants the trees and then maybe Complete suicide and that's why she's never seen again
3: Yeah Potentially There's a lot of This is an old legend And there's a lot of Different endings And In one of them She potentially Takes her own life However There's a lot of them Where she Dies with him Where Like she is also poisoned. Where it's a lot more Romeo and Juliet Yeah or there are a number of readings where she lives and she is becomes an old woman and rules as queen. Like, there's a lot of different
0: I
2: like that options. one, too.
3: I like that one, yeah. too. This, this one just takes this, you know.
2: A different path. And it, it, Because it is like an old, old legend, I'm sure there's many, many different readings of it out there because it's been told thousands and thousands of times, you know. Yep. But Paige, do you have some fun facts
3: for us? I do. Nice. Mm. Here it is with your fun facts. Tristan, da, 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 fun da, da. facts. So, <laughs> the first written version of Tristan and his old was actually done in France around 1235. Now wow. I say first written, well, first written because before that there was an, a very strong oral tradition. And this is yeah, a story that had kind of made the rounds for a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, there are also a lot of references to older sources Brought to France by English exiles, but they haven't been able to be found.
2: So it's very possible it existed in a written form before that. This is just the right. oldest one that we found since history started being recorded.
3: <laughs> yeah, in some cases Tristan is called Tristram, so it's an alternate spelling of the name. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and, and in some Isold is spelled a couple different ways, even sometimes beginning with a Y. Oh. Uh, in some cases, people consider Tristan and Isold to be a kind of side quest of uh, Arthurian legends of King Arthur's Camelot. Oh, where, I that. Uh, in some texts, they actually like meet them as characters. So um, they think that some, some scholars think they originated as a same source story and that uh, Mark is Arthur, Tristan is Lancelot. Yeah. There are some overlaps. Yeah. But in some King Arthur books, Mark's kingdom coexists with Arthur and Camelot and Lancelot and Tristan actually meet as warriors. So there are like a couple different options for it. This is
2: part of the extended Lady of the Lake universe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for that crossover. Yeah, me too. Let's build that up like the MCU.
3: Some versions also include a love potion so that like Tristan and his old aren't actually like they didn't actually fall in love they fall in love because of a love potion and that's why uh but it was cut out of a number of versions it seems that the only one that that endures in is um versions around the same time that the opera came out because the best known version of the story is wagner's opera which is written in 1859 and first performed in 1865 Uh, So they think that potentially the love potion is added in some versions around that time to avoid censors because ecclesiastical or religious censors would have needed an excuse for the adulterous behavior of sympathetic Uh, characters. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, now let's get into more like movie fun facts So originally Ridley Scott was going to direct this film in the late 70s
2: Whoa, really? Yes That's early on in his like career
3: Early, actually he was going to direct it right after his debut film The Duelist. Okay uh, Which came out in 1977 But instead he decided to work on a little pet project called Alien I think he made the right choice Oh, he absolutely
1: (laughs) did, yeah As good as
2: this movie is, it's no Alien
3: Yeah, the (gasps) costume, the wedding gown used in this movie is actually reused. It was originally used in Arabian Nights uh, from the year 2000. So they just literally were recycling costumes in this movie even. And in part because Hmm. one of the companies financing this movie went bankrupt because of it. So like there was a small company that was one of the stakeholders and it's their last movie before they go bankrupt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Strong, who plays Wickdred, and Henry Cavill, also starred together in Stardust the very next year. Oh,
2: I love that
1: movie so much. We
3: have to do Stardust. I didn't know
1: Henry Cavill was in that. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: He's the blonde guy that she's like, he's her asshole boyfriend or whatever. It's a very unusual role for him, but he's kind of hilarious in it. But yeah, finally... James Franco has repeatedly gone on record as saying that this is his most regrettable role. And when I found that out, I was like, I got to know why he hated this movie. Yeah.
2: Cause he's, I mean, he's done worse movies
3: than this. So many worse movies than this, yeah. but according to him, no, because, well, and I guess maybe some of those have come since. So the, there's an interview in 2012 where he talks about it. That's where I found this. Uh, okay. So he says that, uh, he signed on nine months before the movie was going to actually shoot Um, and read the script, wasn't sure about it, but an acting teacher and his manager were like, dude, you got to do this movie. And they told him that, Brando or Olivier would have totally done it And I'm like yeah but also that was 60 years ago (laughs) (laughs) Anyway so he, he Signs on to do it nine months in advance And spent every day Practicing sword fighting like, because he had never done sword fighting mm-hmm. in movies before. So he would practice sword fighting. That's
2: wild because there's not a lot of sword fighting in this movie.
3: Well, that's part of the problem. So he oh. actually also <laughs> practiced, he practiced riding horses, so he could do a lot of like horse stunts. So he basically did everything so he could do all his own stunts sure. and make it look real. But when he got out to Ireland to shoot, they had a new version of the script and all of the braveheart style battle scenes, quotes, were changed to stealthy murders and all of the training i did was useless
2: that's because of budget they cut that shit for budget
3: yeah but now he's mad he's like well i worked on it uh then the shoot moved to prague for more budgetary concerns and in the process he ends up suffering an injury which would later require surgery and it actually puts production on hold for a little while yeah and apparently he and the director got into arguments over like what they could shoot, what they couldn't shoot, his injury, whatever. But essentially he ends up hating this production the whole time. And he then says, the lesson is I'll never do a movie again that I don't have a special feeling for. And I'm like, Okay, but then explain your other shitty movies. Yeah, like, so.
2: right. I mean, I love Pineapple Express, but did that give you a special feeling?
3: I mean, I think so. I think that was a little more collaborative with him and Seth. That's Rogan, probably and true, that was like yeah. That thing. But I have seen some other shitty James Franco movies. Yeah, do you feel special about Arctic Dogs?
2: (laughs) How about The Mad Whale? (laughs) Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk to Box Office. So, this movie, as Paige mentioned, came out in 2006. What do you think the budget was for this movie?
3: Um... Uh, given that there were So many budgetary Changes it seems I think it's probably Lower than we thought I'm gonna say 12 Okay Million
1: I'm gonna say 18.5
2: Okay I looked very very hard For this I only found one source And even that source Said it was very Unofficial quote unquote But it said it was 31 million dollars
3: Oh wow Wow yeah. I mean that makes sense Cause they had to build Those build villages and stuff yeah. yeah I mean there
2: are Some pretty legit sets There are some horse work It is a historical epic that budget did not surprise me i mean it compared that to like kingdom of heaven which was ridley scott the year before this but similar kind of vibe yeah. the budget for that was 130 million jeez so i mean this is a historical epic on a budget and it sort of looks that way i could see that
1: well you can tell the bu- the battles are very small scale
2: yes that's what i mean like i think if i was franco and i thought i was making kingdom of heaven and i ended up making this i'd be a little upset about this too You know, I think I could see that. Anyway, so it came out on January 13th, 2006, and it was eighth the weekend it came out. It was beat by Glory Road, Last Holiday, Hoodwinked, The Chronicles of Narnia, Hostel was number five, and then Fun with Dick and Jane and King and Kong were six and seven, and then Tristan and Azul was number eight. What do you think it made in the box office its opening weekend?
3: I saw it opening weekend, but also I would like to highlight something. I don't know if you remember. This is also the heyday of SNL digital shorts. Yes, where they had the song about the chronic. What cool of Narnia? Yeah, and so that movie made a lot more money than it should have. Yeah, this I'm gonna guess probably made two million.
2: All right, Mikey, do you have a guess? I'm gonna say more. I'm gonna say like twelve. Okay, in its opening weekend, it made six point five million dollars. Remember, it was number eight. Eight. In the box office that weekend. But it did go on to make a total of $14.7 million domestically. Yikes. And then $2.7 million internationally for a total worldwide box office of $17.4 million. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, so ouch. if
2: that budget is right, and I don't know that it is, but it's the only number, only figure I could find online at $31 million, mm-hmm. they super lost money. Uh, if you account for home market performance, which is like DVD and Blu-ray sales, it adds another $15 million. So it's pretty good in the home market, but still, that barely puts it at its budget. Yeah. And that budget does not account for marketing or anything like that. So this movie fully lost money.
3: Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But that is your box office. So this week we watched Tristan and Azul. What are we watching next week, Paige?
3: It's Mikey's turn. It's my oh, turn. Well,
1: Mikey, what are we watching next week? Yeah, it's going to be Pride Month. Yeah. And so I'm going to pick uh, I Love You, Philip Morris.
3: Oh, awesome. Yay. I haven't seen that
1: movie. It's really funny.
3: Awesome. It's been a long time, and I remember liking it a lot, so I am actually very excited. Well, awesome!
1: I'm not even
2: sure when it came out. I know it's Jim Carrey and somebody else, but you and McGregor. Oh, what? Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember the trailer very like foggily. Like I know Jim Carrey's in it. That's it. So like I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen it.
3: Yep, and it's based on a true story, too. Oh,
2: is it? Are they in prison? I vaguely remember it starting in a prison or being in a prison at one point in the the trailer.
3: Yeah, I I don't want to give it away, but but yes. Okay, well,
2: your homework for next week is to maybe go to prison and fall in love and also watch I Love You, Philip Morris. Yay! Yay. Yeah, hey, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read?
0: I I do. Uh
2: Oh, awesome. Well, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Ridley67. That is appropriate considering this was executive produced by a Ridley. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they
1: say, love the new podcast. I am a devout horror virgin listener and Aww. I'm happy to have a new show for giggles and fun. <laughs> Paige, Mikey, and the ever tuneful Todd always lift my mood.
2: Is that a compliment? Hang on. Ever tuneful Todd?
1: I, I think it's a backhanded compliment. It
2: sounds very negative. It sounds like they uh-huh. think I'm a cartoon character. Five stops. <laughs> But they like it. Thank you so much, Ridley, for that awesome five-star review. I appreciate it. Well, I, I should say we appreciate it because I'm sure Paige and Mikey do. And if you want to have Mikey read your podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes and Mikey will read it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts.
3: That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I am Todd. And you complete us. To
1: completion.
3: Toodle Pip.
1: Rub pesto on me.
3: Bye.
2: Pesto nerds.